from John 3, verses 1 through 10. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? How can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished but what, but what I say to you. You must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who's born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? So for those of you who are guests with us today, you should know that in this uh, circle and in the wider circle of Hennepin Avenue United Methodist Church, we've been exploring the wisdom of Marcus Borg in his book, Speaking Christian, why Christian words have lost their meaning and power and how they can be restored. And you should also know that today's chapter is entitled, Born Again. Born Again. I was raised up hanging on to the belt buckle of the Bible belt. <laughs> I was surrounded by people who could tell their born again stories with honesty, passion, and certainty. I listened and I longed for a little piece of that assurance they seemed to have, an assurance that God had walked into a particular moment in their lives and nothing would ever be the same again, an assurance that I was known and loved by God in a particular personal way. Sitting in the pew in my little United Methodist Church, I listened to ministers tell the people how sinful and wretched they were and that they needed to be born again to remedy this situation that had eternal consequences. I looked around me at the people I had known to be kind, generous, present to those in grief and suffering, always willing to come to the aid of their neighbors, and wondered how this could be true. They always seemed like a presence of God to me in the ways they embraced me, supported me, and nurtured me. Many of them could answer the qu common question, have you been born again, with a resounding yes. And yet it didn't seem to be quite enough if I was to believe what I heard from the pulpit. As a young person, 
this was confusing. In many ways, I felt like Nicodemus. I seemed to be in the dark about what this walk with God was really about, and yet I was hungry for it. As a teenager, a traveling crusade came to our town, and I showed up with a certain amount of curiosity and perhaps with hope and expectation of being born again. I remember the high school auditorium being filled with people, all ages, come to hear the preacher and the music. This place, usually filled with sweaty teenagers attending basketball games, was filled now with energy and passion and a lot of what could be only described as buzz. I suppose this perhaps came from a certain level of expectation on everyone's heart, just as there was on mine. At an appointed time, there was the call to come forward to the altar and to give our hearts to Jesus. I remember looking around and noticing people I knew walking forward and kneeling at the lip of the gymnasium floor as people surrounded them, putting their hands on them and praying with and for them. I remember feeling like I should go up there. I remember hoping that if I did, I could have my own born again story. And so I did. I went forward. People prayed over me and someone took my name and wrote it down. I can't remember why. <laughs> After it was over, I went home feeling like I had experienced something unique, not unpleasant, but was I born again? When I shared this experience with my mother who had not been present, she just quietly shook her head and gave me her motherly, you are loved look. <laughs> it was something she did and still does quite often. Marcus Borg in his book, Speaking Christian, points out that the words born again are central to being Christian. In a faith story that centers itself on how new life can and does spring from death, the words born again are primary. For some who use those words, they can be a way of defining certain things about being Christian that many of us here do not believe, that might actually exclude some of us and creates a box which, in which God seems, frankly, too small. And yet, being born again is at the heart of our faith story, and specifically, our creation story, a story we, in this circle, hold of primary importance. In that enormous story, we see how new life emerged out of what seemed a void to give birth to the universe. We see how beauty and hope is born from the cold, frozen earth as seasons roll round. How healing happens in relationships and in lives that seem broken beyond repair. Over and over again, we see the world being born again in small and enormous ways, if we are awake and if we are aware. Over the years, I've never stopped longing to be born again. 
but I've come to realize that being born again, at least for me, is not going to be a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Instead, it is a series of minute and sometimes mundane connections with the transformative, enlivening spirit of God present in our breath, in our interactions and connections above us, below us, and within us, calling us to our fullest, authentic selves out of the dark night places we so often travel. Most of the time, there's not a choir singing or a preacher calling us forward. Instead, the Spirit of God is often quiet and even silent in the ways we are invited to be awakened to new life and renewed relationship. There are words of wisdom written or spoken that seem the perfect ones at just the right moment. There are paths, both literal and inward and invisible, that pull us toward a new way of being and walking in the world. The Irish poet and philosopher John O'Donohue put it this way, once the soul awakens, the search begins, and you can never go back. From then on, you are inflamed with a special longing that will never again let you linger in the lowlands of complacency and partial fulfillment. The eternal makes you urgent. You are loath to let compromise or the threat of danger hold you back from striving toward the summit of fulfillment. It is, I believe, that deep longing within to have our soul awakened and to live in this aliveness that, that is at the real heart of being born again. Nicodemus had a longing within him, as many of us do, and so he went to Jesus full of hope. And what did Jesus say? Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. The wind blows where it chooses. Many in this room had an experience of how the wind blows where it chooses. When we gathered in the abbey on the island of Iona, Scotland in early October, sitting in the dark, dimly lit by candlelight and silence, we worshiped with people, each who had brought their own awakening souls to this place that has called pilgrims for centuries. It was an evening service of prayer and silence. Very few words were spoken, and then we were invited into the silence of prayer. Silence that became home to the sound of the wind, moving outside the stone walls off the Atlantic where it had been fueled by the hurricanes that had devastated the east coast of the United States only a few days before. We sat, no words were necessary. The wind, the spirit 
blue around and around, holding us all in our longing, in our hurt, in our hope, in our prayer, and in our awakening. We heard its sound. Where did it come from? Where did it go? Perhaps some were transformed by the sheer sound, perhaps even born again. The Spirit of God and the invitation to be born again can rarely be guided by human planning, but instead comes from the soil of surprise. Throughout our time in Scotland, we were given the gift of creation in the form of rainbows. You've seen some of them up here. The rainbow, the beauty that marks the story of Noah, and reminds us all of God's power to bring new life out of any storm. Over and over again, out of a shower of rain and a gloomy sky, colors emerged, forming that magical arc that never seems to grow old, never fails to fill us with awe. This image and this metaphor for the transformative difference in beauty has become the symbol for many of being seen for who they truly are and feeling that nodding head of someone saying, you are loved, you are loved beyond measure, born again. So while I honor and respect those who walked my early faith journey and could readily tell their born again story, I have come to know and believe that Mostly our being born again takes many forms and no one person's experience is like that of another. For some, it is a once in a lifetime moment. God bless them. And for others, this invitation to be born after leaving our mother's womb is a daily occurrence. But make no mistake, being born again is important and not to be taken lightly, and certainly not to be missed because we are distracted by other things we have named as important. In my life's path, I have come to know that many of my experiences of being born again come from being present to the beauty and majesty of creation from the small yet poignant sound of a bird song breaking into the still cold white landscape of Minnesota, to the awe inspired by standing, looking out at the ocean and wondering who might be standing, looking back at me from the other far off shore. These have become the pages in my born again story. I was struck that when Dr. Tim Eberhardt was here a few weeks ago, he shared how many of people's God stories are ones that tell of an experience with water, forest, soil, landscape. It seems as if a part of that longing is being born again also includes a pull toward Eden. However you are being born again, the invitation is to pay attention, to honor the experience, to allow it to transform you for the life the Holy One has placed within you. This is the gospel of our experience and the message of our born-again stories. On this day we have called Celtic Sunday, 
We celebrate the gifts of St. Patrick and St. Bridget, along with all the other faithful ones who have offered wisdom grounded in the lands that continue to inspire many of us here to be born again and again. That's what happened for me during what had been some of the rainiest days driving through the landscape of Wales and Scotland, hills and valleys that continued to speak to me over and over again of God's presence, of the pulse that beats at the center of the universe. My experience of that landscape may have been the real, honest, full-bodied altar call God held out to me. And in it, I was born again as I continue to be each and every time I remember it. I invite you to allow, allow your eyes to be drawn into the beautiful images captured here by so many of our pilgrims who traveled through these Celtic lands, images that gave rise to this psalm. I praise you, God, for all the ancient places, for giant, jagged stones embracing the energy of Earth, digging deep into dirt and rising towards steel blue heavens, speaking a mystery only the depths of my bones can know. I praise you, God, for sacred groves of trees, oaks with gnarled roots, moving deep into the earth, holding me steady in their strength, jutting above the ground, forming serpentine spirals of wood and veins, connections through time, creating a sanctuary of cool, calm shade as they guard the holy circles. I praise you, God, for the brilliant cold of water, oceans vast with promise, icy waves holding land and island together. The Holy One sought solace and prayer on this island shore. Burrowed deep in their hives, they listened for the voice of God on the ocean wind in the song of Cormorant and Puffin while seals with human searching eyes stood guard on the rocks, beacons of land and sea, myth and mystery. I praise you, God, for the mighty highlands, dark and haunting with unbloomed heather, sheltered in the gathering clouds of storm, their power stands sure against time, they cradle the innocence of sheep and cattle, waiting for the perfect autumn moment to send forth that flood of purple splendor. There is a music that runs deep within these stones, these trees, this water, these mountains. The whistle and bagpipe capture only the tiniest hint of the melancholy majesty that sings there. The drum holds the heartbeat of those whose feet have danced on this ground, calling toward the Holy One. Somewhere in the cells of my body runs a longing that is primal for the simple yet symphonic sound that drifts off the wind and splashes up from these shores, that ripples on these leaves and feeds the base of these heathery hills. 
This longing was placed there by you, O God, when you formed us from the clay of this land. This ache, this marrow deep desire flows through our prodigal journey, our turning toward home. In the music of this land, we find who we are.